0: There's a great day coming. The day is coming. We know not the day, nor the hour, nor the time frame in which it will come, but we believe, in light of God who said it, that it will take place, and ours is to live a life so that when it does come, we would be ready for it. Many of you have traveled abroad, they have those little things they call passports, so that when you travel that you can get back into the country. When you travel abroad at times, you consider yourself to be a a stranger in a strange country. It's not native to us, so it would be strange to us. We understand our time frame there and that we anticipate going home. But we also know by the lives that we've seen of others, evidently it hasn't happened to you because you're still here. There are those who have traveled abroad, but who have done things while they were abroad that were not appropriate, either to the country in which they were in or to other laws. And when they desire to return home, were stopped at the immigration gates and not allowed to return home. They did not live a life that was right. The Hebrew writer reminds us in Hebrews 11 that we're strangers and pilgrims here and we're to live a life in such a way so that heaven can indeed be our home. What Peter is talking about here in 1 Peter chapter 1 in verses 3 to 9 there's some things we need to be reminded of that as we live here, we are anticipating that great day in heaven. There are some things that we are promised here that help us through this life. But it's always with that reminder we're just pilgrims and strangers here. Our sole desire and our goal is heaven. We prefer to see that as a great day coming, a glorious day, and not a sad day along the way. We live in a land, we live in a society It's almost universal that we seem to have lost our way and we see a lot of things going on that cause us to despair. And people have lost hope along the way. It is said in a recent study that 33% of teenagers that were surveyed Said that they were depressed. Depressed. And 6% of those had attempted suicide within the last six months. Teenagers. Times to look around and say, I can see where they'd be depressed. Adults are not acting like adults. The world seems to have no set of morality. That's all gone out the window. Just do what you wish, how you wish to do it. It's you and you alone. You see it all the time. You see individuals shot and killed on the road for no apparent reason. Well, I thought he made a gesture that I didn't like, and so I pulled out my gun and shot him and killed him. Wow. No wonder we've lost hope along the way. Why we're encouraged in the Scriptures to be mindful of what we do have, And what we have an anticipation of. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God, in his great mercy, has made a provision for us that there's no way that we could comprehend or fully understand. (coughs) That we've been begotten again to this living hope. In the physical realm, (coughs) we had very little to do. with our becoming a human being. It wasn't up to us. It's up to the parents. And it's not up to us for this new life. Sometimes we think it is. But we're here only because of the marvelous grace of God. And providing a way for us to be begotten again, to be born again, to have a new life through that blood that Jesus shed upon that cross. That we might have an inheritance. We hear a lot today and get to work with a lot of individuals. who fail to see that this eternal life, this home with God in heaven, is an inheritance that will be received. And as you read here in Peter, as he uses these various words, we need to be reflective on what he's saying. Oftentimes, as people misunderstand, they do not want to believe that it's possible to lose eternal life. If you can lose eternal life, then it wasn't eternal to begin with, is what they say. But they fail to comprehend what the scriptures are teaching. There is an eternal life, but it is reserved in heaven for you. You still live here. And as a stranger in a pilgrim here, it is possible for you to live in such a way that you forfeit that inheritance that God has for you. That's a sad concept to reflect upon. Again, from the physical point of view, there have been countless and thousands of individuals in the physical realm who have done something in their eyes as being basically minor. But as a result, were barred from re-entering into their homeland. Paid a penalty in a foreign country for the remainder of their life because they were foolish, did not consider consequences, did not realize the brevity of what it means to be a stranger or a pilgrim. Therefore, a short period of time And that's the spiritual application as well. Our time here is brief, regardless of how long it seems to be. received a notice from school that one of my professors next month is going to celebrate his 99th birthday. Still a short period of time. Hubert reminds me he's got a birthday coming up next month as well. Also, not quite ninety-nine. A little bit below that. But it is a short period of time, is it not? Compared to from human history. What's a hundred years? compared to whatever estimate want man wants to put on the earth. What's a hundred years in comparison to the 6,000 years this earth has been here? hundred years? Drop in the bucket. And it's hard to remind ourselves that in this drop in the bucket, James describes our life as a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. That in this Drop in the bucket, I determine where where I will be eternally. And to have a hope of an inheritance that is eternal with God and to forfeit it for what we know full well here is only temporary never going to last. We already know that from the time frame we've, we've lived. doesn't matter what age we are here, down to the smallest child. They already understand. Life changes. Things that they wanted when they were younger, regardless what age that may be, they no longer desire to the same degree. I was gonna say food, but that don't seem that one doesn't seem to go away. Babies long for food all the time. So do teenage boys. Could never understand that. Our son would eat and eat and eat and go away, and twenty minutes later he's coming back raiding the refrigerator. He's hungry. But do we realize that brevity of life? an inheritance that is incorruptible and that fades not away. I'm sure some of you older ones have inheritances that you have received from your parents or your grandparents and you've got them stashed away someplace. Bring them out occasionally, but you don't want to bring them out too long or to use them out there because what? A lot of them are very fragile. And they're going to vanish away, just fall to pieces. You have one tucked away or, you know, tablecloth, something like that, and you finally pull it out after who knows how many years, and you try got to pick it up and it just crumbles. We have an inheritance that is incorruptible. We have an inheritance that does not fade away. But notice the rest of the verse. It is reserved in heaven for you. This eternal life is reserved in heaven, it's an inheritance to be received. But that inheritance to be received can be forfeited. And that's what many people do not understand today, that they can forfeit that inheritance with God. Verse 5 is a help for us in the life we live here. We live here but a brief period of time. We live a world that is ungodly. Doesn't seem to want to change, only to the degree that it wants to become more ungodly. We've lost respect for one another. Must be entering into an election year by the campaign ads that come out. And every one of them has something negative to say about the other one. Oh, each one is unfit for a political office. That we forget, verse 5, that we as children of a living God, that we as children who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb from our, our sins, we who are children who have been raised to walk in newness of life, we who are children no longer of this world, But of heaven, we are kept by the power of God through faith. It's God who keeps us if we stay with God. But it is God who keeps us through our faith that we have in him. And we need that reminder in our lives periodically, often, of what we have In Christ Jesus, our Lord, and with our Heavenly Father, and the word that He's given given to us to guide us through this life. We are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. But notice again, salvation ready to be revealed. And the last time. It's our hope. It can be assured hope that we walk in the light as he is in the light, that we do have that fellowship with one another and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. But we have to want to stay with God. It's true in the, spirit, in the physical realm, and that's sad, and it's true in the spiritual realm, and that's even sadder. Children can and have walked away from family to have nothing to do with them any longer for one reason or another. It's sad physically, but it's tremendously sad spiritually that children, spiritual children, have chosen to walk away from God and his family, not wanting to have anything to do with them anymore. To forfeit that inheritance that will come at the last day. That's the song we sung, a great day coming, a sad day or a bright day. But it's we who make the choice along the way. And in this we ought to greatly rejoice that we have a salvation ready to be revealed to us and given to us in that last day. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. You live here in this world, there's going to be trials and tribulations. All those who desire to live godly in Christ will be persecuted, will suffer rejection. We live in a world again in our society that desires, commands, and demands tolerance for everyone except the one who wants to be true to God's Word. And there they want no tolerance exercised at all. But anything that's ungodly, you've got to tolerate it. What we have for living in a pluralistic society, they tell us. But it only applies if you're not a child of God striving to be faithful to His Word, that believe in the truth of God's Word, that it is without error, and that one must give a life, a soul, and a heart to God above. <coughs> must follow his will with a heart that is singleness that has singleness in purpose yeah. not or should not be divided between this world and God's world spiritually should not be divided again Physically, we know anything in this world is only temporary. Remember things that we pursued when we were younger. Where are they now? Go back and watch some of the, at the uh, commercials of years gone by. So the cars that you absolutely had to know had to have because they were the newest model out. I have a friend who still has a Etzel in his garage. And he is absolutely proud of it. But how long did it last? I'm just saying... We already know the uncertainty of this time, the 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 fading glory of whatever it is that we have here. There ought not to even be a moment's hesitation of wanting to serve, be found pleasing to God, accept whatever it is this world has to offer. It's only temporary, and we want to move on. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The genuineness of your faith is going to be tested. As gold is tested by fire to remove its impurities, not a pleasant process. Because sometimes those impurities are deep-seated and hard to get out of our life. Some of the impurities are easy to let go of. Others are a little more difficult. So, but that's going to be the testing of your faith. What do you really, honestly, truly believe about God, about Jesus, about eternal life, about heaven? about hell. How convinced convinced are you and how convicted are you to allow that faith to be tested as by fire so that you may be found to the praise, the honor, and the glory when Jesus comes again. We haven't seen him and yet we love him. Do we? Do we love him with all our heart with all the soul and with all our mind, is that our heart's desire and our prayer to God that we would be with him one day eternally. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. It's the only way he calls, softly and tenderly. You have to be listening to his voice. We, we need not to be like so many of us husbands are that has selective hearing, and to tune out the voice of Jesus. Have you tuned in, Mount? Do not tune out that voice of Jesus. Softly and tenderly, like he's calling thee home. Will you, be the, will you heed that invitation? You need to become that child of God to be willing to do that, Through belief that he is the Christ, through the repentance of the sins, the separation from the sins that separate you from him, the obedience to him in baptism for the remission of sins, be raised to walk that new life and to be faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. Whereas a child of God, if you let the world crowd out Christ, come home. He waits for you. He tenderly calls. We could assist you. We could help you in any way. Indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.